Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. Father, I pray you open eyes tonight. Transform lives. May we not be the same because of what we heard and the insight you gave. We give you all the glory and all the honor. And the church says, Amen. Amen. You know, right before COVID started, probably for about six months or a year, about every other message was about getting through a storm or, or handling crisis. And uh, after a while, actually, I started feeling a little self-conscious about it because, Lord, why do I keep preaching about adversity and, and storms? But then 2020 came, and, and we all had to, 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 to square off and, and probably face the most difficult challenge of our lifetimes. And uh, during that season, we had police brutality, we had murder, uh, we had political uh, upheaval, chaos, riots, unemployment, uh, I mean, the, the death of, of folks we loved, and it was just an incredible season. But my Bible says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. And here's the deal, if God be for us, it really doesn't matter who's against us. And as we, you know, leave 2020 and get ready for 2021, it's possible that it could get worse before it gets better. But one thing I do know tonight is we're going to make it. And I'm going to be here each week cheering you on to help you make it, pushing you toward your prize. But here's the deal. For quite some time, we've been talking about handling storm, going through the storms. But tonight, I want to talk about what we're going to do when the storm is over. And if you're not used to my teaching, uh, you're going to have to make a few adjustments because first what we're going to do is we're going to establish the context before we, we, we back into our place of focus. But stay with me. We will get there. And if you have a Bible in front of you, open John chapter 6 and verse 15. If you're using, you know, uh, your app or whatever, go ahead and do that. And we're going to start here. Therefore, when Jesus perceived, intuition is often just the Holy Spirit speaking in a soft voice. It may not flash like lightning. It may not sound like thunder. But when God's whispers are ignored, I always live to regret it. See, my heart may be a little bit to the left, but when God guides me, it's always right. When he perceived that they were about to come and take Jesus, him, by force, meaning the crowd was serious and the crowd was starting to organize. And they were actually about to violently take hold of Jesus and install him as king against the Roman authorities. The Bible says that they wanted to take him by force to make him what? King, which is a political 
title here. Now, Jesus, when he spoke of being king, he was speaking of being king of the universe. He was speaking about ultimately one day in the future, ruling and reigning from Jerusalem. But first he was speaking of, of really being king in our hearts. But that's why Jesus didn't talk a whole lot about him being Messiah and all the rest, because people, you know, had, had misconceptions uh, and, and, and folks wanted a political kingdom, a lot like many people today, they want God's kingdom to come right now and right here. But here's the backdrop. Jesus, if you're familiar with your Bible, in John chapter uh, 6, the same chapter, he had just fed the 5,000 uh, men. I want you to imagine what type of general he would be if he was able to, to feed his army while they were advancing against uh, some enemy somewhere. And, and the crowd, you know, he had captured their imagination and, and they wanted him to use his power to enter politics. But Jesus had taught people and taught his disciples from day one that the kingdom must first exist in the hearts of men and women before it could exist in our government. And by the way, the, 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 the root of America's problem is not political. The real problem lies in our hearts. Jesus said it this way, Mark 7 and 21. Stay with me now. For from within. You see, God is not so much concerned about what goes in us as he is concerned about the things that come out of us. In fact, I've determined in my life to, to pay attention to things around me and the things that go in me. And, and, you know, if they're bringing the wrong thing out of me to kind of back up and let it go. So if it's not bringing you up, it's ultimately bringing you down. For from within, out of the what heart of men proceed evil thoughts. So evil doesn't start in Washington. It may be codified in Washington. But in a democracy, a, a, a government is only as good as the citizens that continue to vote that particular government and stay with me. For from within or out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts. It all starts within the heart. Then the thoughts proceeds to actions. Adulteries, fornications, murder, thefts, covetousness, these are ugly words, wickedness, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride. This is Jesus' list, 13 items, foolishness. According to Jesus, all our foolishness really begins in the human heart. Change your heart, change a life. Then he reiterates, verse 23. All these things come from within, the problems within, not out there, not on Capitol Hill. All these things come from within and defile the man. Let's get back to verse 15. Therefore, when Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, now, those of you familiar with the Bible remember Jesus' temptation in the wilderness. And what had happened was the devil uh, appeared to him and offered him all the kingdoms of this world if he would just uh, compromise just a little bit and bow down for just a minute and worship the devil. But here's what you need to understand about 
temptation. It's usually the same thing over and over and over again. It happened at the beginning of his ministry, and it shows up again. It just shows up in different packages. Opportunity may knock once, but temptation has a way of leaning on the doorbell. But if you beat it once, you can beat it again. And Jesus defeated it in the wilderness, and when it popped up in his life, he beat it again. Likewise, that besetting thing, that thing that, 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 that keeps coming your way, if you lick it once, you can lick it again. He departed again to the mountain. He had to get away from people by himself alone. So what was happening was people were trying to get into his head. And, and I, I think some of his own disciples were probably leading the, the, the bandwagon here. Judas had dollar signs in his eyes. He's, he's calculating the benefits of, of being in Jesus's cabinet as, as he takes on the kingship of, 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 of Israel. But, but you need to understand something about Jesus. Jesus was nobody's fool. You know, some people will only love you as long as they can use you. And Jesus understood that. Now, when evening came, his disciples went down to the sea. Now, I'm sure that the disciples wanted to bask in all this positive attention. Everyone's excited about their Jesus, and, and everyone's like, you know Jesus? And, and I mean, it was, it was a big deal to be associated with the king at this moment. But this is why the other gospels tell us that Jesus had to literally force his disciples to get into this boat to go on to the other side. This is very, very important. Pay attention to what I'm about to say. The only reason the disciples got into this boat is because Jesus said so. One more time. The only reason they got into this boat was because Jesus said so. So they reluctantly get into this boat, and they went over the sea toward Capernaum, which was the next city. Jesus was trying to teach us to say, dear past, thank you for all the lessons you have taught me. But dear future, I'm present and ready to move on. And the Bible says it was dark. And, you know, rowing across this, this lake, you know, in the dark was really not such a problem for these men because most of these men were fishermen and, and fishermen tended to fish at night. So they made their living at night. So this, this was not a, a strange request, but, but here's the deal. Many are afraid of the dark, but the real tragedy is those that are afraid of the light. So, so these men, they, they, they get into the boat, it's already dark. And then John continues and Jesus had not come to them. You see, the last time these disciples were in a storm at sea, Jesus was with them. And you, you probably remember he was sleeping in the stern of the ship on a pillow. And all the disciples had to do was wake him up. And, and when they roused him, he spoke to the storm and the seas calmed. And, and the disciples were amazed at his power. But this time the disciples did not have his physical presence. They can only trust, pay attention, his directions. I don't know if you heard what I said. There will be times that you can't feel him, but you better know him. There will be times that, that you cannot see him, but, but you better have heard him. 
That there may be times that, that you can't quite understand him, but you better trust him. And if God sends you into it, God can send you through it. Then the sea arose. Everything was good, but then 2020 hit because a great wind was blowing. COVID, murders, riots, tragedies, divorce rates, child abuse, death everywhere. Even churches closed our doors. It kind of felt like a sci-fi end of the world apocalypse movie. It didn't really even seem real. People like zombies, you can't see their expressions, masked up, afraid, wearing gloves, distanced from one another. They were in a storm. Then they saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near the boat, and they were afraid. Matthew tells us they thought they saw a ghost. You see, we're not so afraid of being alone in the dark. We're afraid of not being alone in the dark. Am I right about it? But he said to them, it is I. Do not be afraid. Then we know from the other narratives, Peter said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the, 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 the water. And Jesus did just that. And, and, but, but here's the deal. Peter had just fell into Jesus's trap. All along, Jesus was trying to teach his disciples they didn't need a boat or even calm conditions to get across the lake or to do what God had called them to do. They only needed a word from God. Jesus looked at his disciples alarmed. They think the grim reaper's coming. They were thinking, is this what happens right before you die? Are these the types of things you see? But Jesus says, it is I, and if I be for you, who can be against you? It is I. Do not. You got to make a decision here. You have to make a choice here. I've been training you boys for some time now, and you see me in the midst of crisis, and, and Jesus saying, I never flinched. I didn't back up. I, I, you, you, you may have seen me tempted, but you never saw me afraid. He said, loved ones, dear ones, children, do not give in to the hour. Do not give in to the wind. Do not give in to the waves. Do not be afraid. Why? Because there's some things that Dr. Fauci can't fix. There's some things that Dr. Phil can't fix. There's some things that Ayanla cannot fix. There are even some things that Oprah and, 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 and what's that? Tyler Perry together can't fix. So you better learn to walk on God's word. And 2020 was all about us being reminded. 
If you don't learn to, to live by, 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 by God's word and walk by faith and not by sight, you are not going to make it in these last days. Jesus sent them into a storm, and you're thinking, why would a loving God do that? Because he gave them his word. Pay attention to what I'm saying. God is not intimidated by 2020 or 2021. As long as you got God's word, you have more than enough. And this is why every week I'm not just preaching my personality. I'm not just preaching my favorite story. I'm just not trying to be clever. I'm not just trying to be cute. We go line by line in this word because this is the only thing that can keep you. And you better learn that. And what happened this year is people who, who kind of thought they were trusting God really realized they were trusting in the government really realized they were trusting in their paychecks. They, they, they realized they were trusting in just about everything but God. But many of you leaned in. And here's the deal about the storm. I taught this to you some time ago. You know, the person that goes into the storm is not the same person that comes out of the storm. And that is what the storm is all about. And this year... That person that went into the year is not to be the same person to come out of the year. May your faith have deepened, Lord. May, may, may your understanding and appreciation of God grown some roots. This year was God's wake-up call. Saying, listen, guys, I know y'all have a good government. I know, you know, y'all, y'all, America's been a great nation for many years, but you can't trust. America. We couldn't even trust the scientists. At some point, the only one we could really look to was God. And God is saying, if you learn that lesson, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. You're almost ready for what's next. He said, it is I and if God is all you have, you have all you need. It is I. Do not be afraid. And that is God's message to each of us. Even if it gets worse, it's not the boat that's going to keep you. It's not the strength of your rowing that's going to keep you. It is my word to you that will keep you. It is I do not, not, not be afraid. Verse 21. Then they willingly received him into the boat. And this is my big point tonight. God doesn't mind us having a boat. God doesn't mind us using a boat. Otherwise, Jesus wouldn't have got back into the boat. Now, Jesus was doing fine, again, walking on the water. But he gets into the boat. Why? Jesus was trying to teach the disciples a lesson. The storm was an opportunity for these disciples to, 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 to learn 
not to trust their own resources, not to trust their own ability, but God's word. And when we take God at his word, the responsibility for fulfilling the, 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 the promise doesn't lie with us anymore. The, 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 the responsibility is on the one who made the promise. And here's the deal. If we want to learn how to rest in the middle of it, if we want to learn how to really, really make it through and get ready for next, we have to learn the lessons in the storm. Then they willingly received him into the boat. It was only after the disciples came to the end of themselves. I think a lot of you this year in a lot of ways have come to the end of yourselves. And you felt like it was a curse. It was really a blessing. When the disciples came to the end of themselves, after the disciples stopped trusting themselves, their own abilities and, and their own possessions and the boat itself, only then were they ready for what was next. I don't think you got it yet. The disciples expected the strength of the boat, the power of the arms to get them to the other side. But Jesus was saying, unless you learn to recognize me, uh, unless you, you learn to call upon me uh, in the middle of it, you're not going to get through it. What was last year all about? A wake-up call. God's saying, come back to me. Stop being distracted by all that nonsense. Stop trusting the government. Stop trusting the HMO. Stop trusting everything else around you. But trust to the one, the only one that can help you, the only one that can keep you, the only one looking out for you. Learn to look to him in the middle of the crisis. The storm was part of God's plan. Now, I'm not saying God did this COVID thing. The devil does pretty good devil all by himself. What I am saying is God's trying to tell us something. In the midst of it, we couldn't believe anything we saw on television. Couldn't listen to anything we really heard. We couldn't believe anything. And God's like, yeah, that's the point. The only thing you should put your full trust in is God and his word. He's not a man that he should lie. The son of man that he should change. His mind. I believe God is jealous over us. We're believing the celebrities. We're expecting political powers to redeem us and to liberate us. And God is like, what about my Jesus? What about my son? The greatest of you are going to live and die, but what about the one who will live forever? And God looks at us with yearning hearts. It's like if you would just show me half the detention, you show CNN and Fox. If you would give just a quarter of the time to my word, instead of everything else the world is saying. Dear God, not only will you be able to walk on water, you know what, you might even be able to fly. Then they willingly received him into the boat. And here's the point that I wanted to get to. And immediately, pay attention, after 
they learned a lesson that they could only learn in the storm. One more time. Immediately, after they learned the lesson they can, could only learn in a storm. After, after, after they learned the lesson they could only learn in the storm, Jesus did something immediately. There's some things we can only learn in the midst of a storm. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media. 